From beyond the quarantine zone comes America's horniest podcast. The pod people are on the hunt for brain. I'm... (laughs) (laughs) i'm matisse van rossum and i'm trying to get sucked smooth by a space worm i'm ben sheets the bdsm king of 666 benevolent street and i'm cleveland Mosier, and looks like we're hitting the road one last time that's right we're getting the gland back together (laughs) (laughs) oh well the quarantine continues yes it does (laughs) We descend deeper into the realms of madness, and it's very appropriate that we have picked this film because, much like everybody in this movie, I'm crazy and horny. (laughs) Well, (laughs) a couple of weeks ago, uh, we lost Stuart Gordon, who died at the age of 72, so we decided to dive into one of his classic films that none of us have ever seen before. No. Uh, we're talking about From Beyond, from 1986, based on the H.P. Lovecraft short story of the same name, which stars Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, Ted Sorrell, and my man, Ken Forey. It tells the story of some people who make a very horny machine that also lets monsters from the void in to be horny, because why just be horny with other humans when you can be horny with astral abominations? We chose this one over Reanimator, because none of us have seen this one, but this one is kind of considered a uh, sister film to Reanimator. It came out only, I think, one year after Reanimator, and Mm -hmm. it is another collaboration between Stuart Gordon, Brian Usna and Jeffrey Combs. Yes. Oh, well, Barbara Crampton, too. Oh, that's right. Barbara Crampton is in Reanimator. Yeah. How fucking foolish of me. The whole squad, Two movies where she gets felt up by monsters. Yeah, she... Uh, Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> that's the 80s for Barbara Crampton, unfortunately. Yeah, no kidding. So, this was not quite what I was expecting coming Mm. off of Reanimator. But I had a lot of fun. I I really enjoyed enjoyed this movie. (laughs) I thought it was great. I was really impressed. Of course, you know, with Yuzna and Stuart Gordon, you're gonna get good effects, especially practical effects. But I thought the Beyond Monsters were particularly great. Yeah, I was actually going into this one uh, probably most concerned about the effects, considering the when and the budget. Uh, Interesting. Have you seen Reanimator? No. Oh, okay, that explains no, it. I have not. So, uh, yeah, I had, you know, middling expectations on that front, but I was, you know, hoping that maybe the script would be would be kind of fun, you know, and kind of uh, play up Lovecraft in a, a pseudo-modernized way, see how that goes. But, I think uh, it's sort of the opposite, actually, interesting. Uh, to my expectations, and the, like, the visuals were by far my favorite thing, and I thought they were, they've aged largely uh well for well. for what it for its subject matter they're still very fun to look at well you mentioned playing up lovecraft in an interesting way and i think much like uh, reanimator it does that in my opinion kind of well with a sense of camp it's very silly in a lot of respects much like reanimator reanimator feels more tongue in cheek to me like more like 
outwardly kind of goofy. Whereas I found the stuff that I was laughing at in this movie not so intentional, I think. I feel like a lot of times I laughed at stuff I maybe wasn't supposed to. There was a lot that, of laughing at. That didn't really diminish my enjoyment, with. though. And in terms of, like, especially in comparison to Reanimator, adapting Lovecraft, like... This is a kind of a weird one to do. It's been done a bunch of times, but like in this movie in particular, the events of the short story are like the first five minutes of this movie. So everything after that is just kind of like expanding on what is essentially a cool concept. So it's only it's only Lovecraft in like the loosest sense of the term. Um, well, in terms of ideas, you know, yeah. it is very Lovecraftian. In I mean, terms yeah, it's of, taking the Lovecraftian concept. Well, and I, I think with the tone this movie sets, I'd much rather have that than them trying to do a straight adaptation while keeping the oh, tone. Oh, for sure. Well, I, I, this is not a movie that I want to like take itself super seriously. Like it's Stuart Gordon and Brian Usna. You know, their collaborations are kind of like, in my opinion, the height of low budget. 80s monster movies yeah absolutely i think you get what you came for in that respect you get you get plenty of monsters you know the the story i will agree it's pretty simple a lot of the characters suffer from like motivation issues uh i feel like a lot of the stuff in this movie doesn't have much motivation behind it yeah there's there's little logic i don't particularly care though yeah like when you <laughs> when you're that campy like you can you can generally get away with it i would love to see like an adaptation of this film that's not campy you know? they've done it a few times and it's generally been bad not under yeah. the name from beyond but i've seen some more serious adaptations of this story Going into that, uh, I think it's well worth reanimating uh, our discussions <laughs> about Color Out of Space and how much that film wears this one on its sleeves. Oh, yeah. A lot of pink lights. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exclusively pink lights and weird slimy See, creatures. Mm -hmm. I I read it as like being really giallo influenced. Yeah, I think so. You know, so. very Argento, strong use of color, very over-the-top expressionistic Extremely. You know, lighting and, you know, style to it. And very, and very bloody, too. Yeah. Which is, yeah, I think right in line with directors like Argento. I think that's probably um, a, a fair comparison. I think Cleveland just means that, like, Color Out of Space is heavily influenced by the style of this movie. That's exactly what that I mean. Richard Stanley is, like... Yeah. I, mean, there's no I think question. they both are... They both pull from Giallo, um, but there is some direct influence with the pink specifically. I think if you're, I think if you're gonna make a modernized like Lovecraft film that you want to be a little goofy, Stuart Gordon is the is the one to look at. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has he has the territory. I still have never seen Castle Freak or Dagon, but I really want to. He's yeah. done a lot of. Uh, He's got a good, a lot of great movies under his belt. He has a, really a lot of Lovecraft adaptations. Called Stuck, which I really like. I'd like to do that one on the podcast at some point. Well, I would like to unpack how inherently absurd the kind of premise of this movie is. Jeffrey Combs is the assistant to uh, Ted Sorrell, who's like this brilliant 
but hedonistic and cruel scientist who builds a machine to uh, uh, stimulate that pineal gland, if you know what I mean. Well, he's impotent, so he wants to bust. Yes, he's trying to He's, he's trying, trying to, to make use, a machine to bust. He's trying to use supernatural methods to make himself bust. And bust he does. He does, and they turn on this machine, and it allows them to uh, see a, another reality where strange creatures live and and one of them comes along and eats ted sorrel and uh so jeffrey combs goes to an insane asylum i love the intro where the beyond is introduced it's like a resonator machine so we get Mm -hmm. these big old tuning tuning forks forks, and uh the first thing we see from the beyond are these eels and immediately one just goes up and bites Jeffrey Combs on the face and for the rest of the movie he has a big <laughs> He's got wound a bite, on his a face bite mark yeah. on his cheek um the eels are are fun they're definitely one of the 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 first elements i would i would love to see readapted like with modern effects because oh, like, yeah. you can see what they were imagining versus what the result was uh with them in a very fun way but like the the eel things are fun when they like bite people because then they're using a puppet yeah. but when they have them like floating around in the sky in the air it's like this really uh it, it's pretty bad looking like green screen compositing yeah, they're just compositing um, it's hard to match the 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 color palette yes that they shot in so compositing inherently is more difficult because they were using extreme colors i like that they keep that stuff to like a minimum they, yes especially for like the the big monsters that they really uh do some creative workarounds to uh uh, like with the the big Ted Sorrel monster, you they you know they only ever film him like with the tip of his chin cut off because they don't want you to see his actual neck and body below that head. <laughs> For the budget, I think that's a fun way to do it. Yeah, oh no, I think uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's great. Like and there's some there's some kind of stuff that that looks like rubbery and hokey, but it's charming. Oh, I, yeah. I really like it. Oh yeah, like well, when uh, I... Combs gets backhanded by the creature towards the end. Like, <laughs> wow. Really he just, yeah, just gets like slapped with, wet a, with a wet rubber. I you know? really respect the confidence of just going, hey, I'm going to show you a bunch of this stuff. Yeah. You know, with Lovecraft especially, it would be so easy to just be like, oh, it's just out of sight. The you horror is only get their reactions. Yeah. You know, especially with something so low budget, it would be easy to just cut all of that out and just like have it implied but like there's a certain confidence in you know going balls to the wall with monsters and just showing as much as possible to the audience yeah i i agree with you i think in a more serious film i would have preferred the approach of leaving a lot of it up to the imagination but something like this God, especially with actors like Jeffrey Combs, man. Like, he is so fucking good. I love Jeffrey Combs so much. He has such a, like, a stage presence. Like, the camera is two feet away from him, and he's acting for, like, a large audience, like, out in the crowd. He's very much so, like, a stage actor. Notoriously expressive, but, Mm -hmm. like, you know, you, Ben, you've compared him to to Bruce Campbell before, and I Mm -hmm. think that it's an an accurate comparison. Weirdly, I think think that uh, Jeffrey Combs is, like, Bruce Campbell turned down, like, one notch, (laughs) maybe two. Just a little bit of subtlety. Yeah, just... (laughs) Just a sprinkle. 
Just just a tad. He does the mad scientist role so well. He does it so great in Reanimator. He's I'm, almost in like a Renfield role in some respects in this movie. Yeah, yeah he's the well said. he's the assistant to the 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 Frankenstein. He's the Igor kind of. But, like, Jeffrey Combs is so good at playing the mad scientist and, like, throwing him into an insane asylum immediately in the movie is perfect. What is not, what is not perfect is the, like, extremely unethical doctors at this hospital. <laughs> like, Barbara- well, the motive is generally not worth defending in this movie. Uh, I will I will make a point. It is an Arkham hospital specifically an arkham asylum you're probably gonna get some some wacky people in there i mean yes arkham in the terms of like batman in lovecraft arkham was a a town of learning miskatonic university is a serious institution right where every one of his like stories were like they were mad science like mad scientists uh, like abound in well we we get introduced to the rest of the asylum very early oh, on yeah. in the movie where we get a very silence of the lambs-esque series of shots where you see what's in each room yeah and- barbara Cram- barbara crampton walking up and down the hall uh examining the zoo animals yeah essentially and much like uh silence of the lambs like one is just jerking off yeah, uh, that's what crazy people do, baby. Screaming for help. It was almost uncanny. Some of the comparisons in that sequence to Silence of the Lambs. I definitely saw the influence there. Yeah, I think Jonathan Demme might have ripped some of that off a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Um, so Barbara Crampton shows up, and she's like some hot shot young psychologist, brain dog. What is she? <laughs> Both? I I don't know what she what her character is supposed uh, to be neurologist researcher of some sort. Anyway, she uh she convinces the hospital to let her take Jeffrey Combs back to the house because she wants him to recreate his experiment. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And she's like, well, fine. You either stay locked up here forever or you come do your experiment. It's like, that is it's like, like where, where's the process? Where's the procedure? Like, this is not how like, like any the, part of bureaucracy the, operates the, ever. The cops are the ones who tell her that that's like, OK. Yeah, they send like they send someone along. Like, it's weird. yeah, they said Ken Forey Ken along. Forey, the football cop (laughs) (laughs) he is the football cop isn't he (laughs) yes he's wearing a football jersey for a lot of this i I love that so much though it's so funny to me because we see him in like a normal outfit they go to sleep for whatever reason in this active crime scene house right where somebody was presumably murdered yeah and there's a whole horror sequence at night where uh Ken Foray is in, like, his underwear for a lot of it. And then we cut to the next morning, and out of nowhere, he just has a football jersey on. Like, we're to assume he just carries this football jersey around with him everywhere he goes. Well, yeah, because when we're introduced to him... Which is honestly the most football guy thing to do. When we're introduced to him, he does say, I used to play ball. So I'm a little crazy. So I'm a little crazy. I want to double back to what you mentioned, though, the scene where he running around in his underwear in like his speedo because <laughs> that's very funny yes like 
Barbara Crampton goes up to the the machine, the resonator in the middle of the night, you know, to stimulate her pineal to gland. Bust. Yeah, right. Uh, to turn on the horny machine and and get horny. Jeffrey Combs goes up there to try to stop her because he has seen monsters come out of this thing multiple times, and in fairness, she has too. So I like her horniness like overpowers her um i guess self-preservation whomst among us <laughs> whomst among us in trying times have not risked life and limb to bust <laughs> but uh of course the um the pastorius monster shows up What's up, horny gang? I'm coming at you from the editing room uh, with a quick addendum. Throughout the rest of this podcast, we keep referring to Ted Sorrell's character as uh, Pastorius. That is wrong. The character's name is Edward Pretorius. Uh, So just wanted to interject that there, that we are big, dumb, horny idiots, and uh, don't add us. Thanks. The Pastorius monster shows up and gets rapey. Um, just one of the many times <sighs> he does that in the movie. Well, yeah. we we also see that Pastorius is very into BDSM and right, you yeah, know, his violence. His room in this house is just like a BDSM dungeon where apparently Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> that also is my sleeps. favorite <laughs> small detail because at one point. He mentions seeing all these women being brought here. You know, Pristorius wines and dines them, Jeffrey Combs says. And then he, all he hears is the screams. Yeah, all he hears. And, which and implies, like, he's, he's sleeping in another room, like, with his eyes open. That's what you assume. Night. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie, he's sleeping in the same room. He's sleeping in the BDSM room. Right. So, <laughs> so which is it? I I just have come to assume that he's sleeping in the corner like, or like not even sleeping, just wide eyed and horror. Because it's a mansion, <laughs> like there's so many rooms to sleep in. Yeah, it's literally it's called like the the Pastorius Institute or something like that. Like it's a. I'll tell you why. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't want to make another location. They didn't want to build another set, yeah. <laughs> so they just put Jeffrey Coates in the BDSM. But room. I think it's such a funny campy detail that I feel like they thought of a little bit same type of thing as like the football jersey thing yeah it's it's a stupid little detail that's funny because of context lest we get distracted from ken forey and his speedo (laughs) uh uh, so the Pistorius monster shows up and starts being rapey uh, towards Barbara Crampton, and rather than turning off the machine for some reason, Jeffrey Combs just runs downstairs, and he's like trying to get away, and Ken Forey comes out of his room in nothing but a bright red Speedo, and literally football tackles him down the stairs. <laughs> And and then, like, all of the other monsters and stuff show up. So for the rest of this action sequence, including the scene where Jeffrey Combs gets sucked smooth by a space worm, Ken Forey is just there in a Speedo. Yeah. Well, it's funny because they go down to the basement and they see this giant, like... It almost looks like a Tremors monster. Yeah, it does. Like a, um, like a, a small version of the sandworm <laughs> from Dune. Yeah, and uh, Ken Foray is immediately like, I gotta go. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, says, he literally says, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> he just leaves. 
And he, he runs upstairs and grabs a knife from the kitchen. Which means Jeffrey Combs could have run too. Like, yeah, they, I, yeah, they're they're down there because they're trying to pull the breakers to like turn off the machine. But also, giant worm. Like, but right there is there, there is a flight, giant you know? there is a giant worm there, and also like, why didn't Jeffrey Combs just turn off the machine when he was up there? He was standing right next to it. Why didn't he just? turn it off well that's one of the funny things because we get a reasoning for that later but it's not a reasoning the characters would know you know we see later in the movie ken foray goes up to try to turn the machine off and he keeps getting zapped well it's not even a surprise then because like at the beginning of the film like the computer busts and you know like oh the computer busts all right oh yeah it sure does and and like he says specifically like it's powering itself or something along those right. lines. Well, I like, mean, like so, like we already know that the machine does that. He already knows it because he said it. Like we we so see it's, we it's see weird. later that like the the Pistorius monster like turns on the machine from beyond multiple times. Mm-hmm. So like we we know that he can do this somehow. But like at that point, we don't know that yet. We still are have every reason to believe that you can just turn this thing off. And I don't know why Jeffrey Cubs doesn't just do that, but, I mean, to Motive. give us the rest of yeah. the action scene. Because he, he needed to run into the basement so we could see the monster. Right, so like we could, monster, yeah, yeah, so he could get they, partially they could, eaten by a big worm. No, specifically, he could suck his hair off, because that's all it does. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> that's the that's funniest thing. literally all it does. Like, well, he stretches the pineal gland out, too, uh, a little yeah, bit. It starts, it starts, like... Eating him, and there's you know Ken Forey comes back with the knife to like stab the worm and like pull him out of the worm's mouth. Like we see it like covered in like eyes and uh, and teeth, so it's just a weird like false set of stakes, you know, to like have it like grab his head like with all those teeth and like. It well, yeah, and he pulls it, he pulls bald. him out, and he's just completely bald. He's just <laughs> lost all what? all of the hair, his eyebrows, and everything's just been sucked off his head. Yeah, it's, it's not very medicine. It's really, really, funny. really there's a lot of stakes. <laughs> One really funny element of that scene is they keep cutting to the breaker and the switch on the breaker. Yeah, we see it used earlier, but when it finally comes to pass, where Ken Foray has to turn it off, he just rips the cord out. <laughs> it's such a goofy. Well, that yeah that. That's another know, misdirection. That's another moment too, where like he's literally standing next to the breaker and could just flip it off, but instead he's staring at the worm, like sucking up Jeffrey Combs and just like shouting. And it's like, dude, you're literally you can <laughs> we literally yelling at the screen. You could just reach out and grab the breaker and turn it off. Like, why are these people so fucking immune to knowing how yeah. switches well, work? Like, let's let's keep my two that like. The dumbest motive element of this film is the psychologist, psychiatrist, doctor, whatever. uh, Whatever she is. Yeah, whatever she is. Before she takes uh, Jeffrey Combs into her custody, they put him through an MRI and they see that his pineal gland has, like, stretched up to, like, his ocular whatever in his brain. Like, his pineal gland has just swollen up and has become massive to the point where, like, the other nurse thinks it's, like, a tumor or something. Yeah. The other doctor. And then Combs even tells him, like, it does, the machine we powered up does this to to your pineal gland. She has all that information in front of her, right? That, like, turning on the machine, 
likely because of like the scientific scan fucks with your brain and makes parts of it bigger. Whether you believe that there that he's been seeing monsters or not, like you know that the machine is is like directly affecting right. your brain. In right. Some way. Like like okay, cool. Like it's gonna give me like space cancer. Um, uh, neat. Roll Tide. Let's go turn it Let's on. Let's do it. Well, the like, funny part is like she goes on to say, you know, we need to study schizophrenics to see if their pineal gland are swollen too. So she's essentially basically trying to give herself what she thinks is schizophrenia. Right. We find out later that, like, her father died in an institution of schizophrenia, so that's why she, like, became a brain doctor or whatever, because she wants to cure schizophrenia, and she thinks that this machine is the answer, even though she implies that, like, schizophrenics maybe have enlarged pineal glands so the things that they're seeing are not actually hallucinations they're actually these like weird monsters and creatures and stuff so there's a lot of cool media about that idea i mean no it's it's cool uh but like the fact that then her motivation is ah yes let's cure it by turning the machine back on and getting extremely horny yep (laughs) like that's where that's where the that motivation completely (laughs) falls apart and for a large portion of the film I feel like we're supposed to relate with her or feel for her. It's weird. Oh, like, no, oh, yeah. That I, like, I never felt like no. I was supposed to relate well, to her. Well, right too. And like you know, the first time, like when she witnesses the machine being powered on, she sees Pastorius or whatever, like as this like spooky sex monster, and and then she like gets all horny and decides to turn the machine on. But then like then she's scared. Like after she's done it, and it, it's just it's, it felt it felt like a weird excuse to have a rape scene instead of just like I think it would have been way spookier if like she was willing and like into the spooky monster. I think that would have been that would have made me way more uncomfortable. Yeah, instead of just like frustrated think, and like another yeah, rape scene in a horror movie. I kind of agree with you. Like go one way or the other. It's like she knows that turning on the resonator summons these horrifying. Yeah, she's seen them. Astral mod. Yeah, she's literally seen them. But on the other hand, it also does make you horny. So it's like that that's like that's what she's juggling. It's like monsters and being horny or no monsters and not being horny. I think I'm going to go with the with the monsters and the being horny. Right, and it's like but then you want to be horny for monsters surprise, at that point. But then act like, surprised when the monster shows up and like tries to literally mind fuck her yeah and and there's there's almost no point in the film where she does take any joy from it even towards the end like she's still screaming and like being a damsel in distress it's just weird it just i just thought it was a it was a weird choice well in a way she does get into bdsm in a weird way yeah like she she is kind of into it she like you can tell it is having some effect on her because she does put on that kinky leather outfit and right, before to, the machine that's that's what i'm saying but like but then no the, she's not that's that, after the that's machine after that's after in the between machine. the machine yeah. before she powers up the machine a second time like no that's that's after the second time she's powered up the machine that's after jeffrey combs gets sucked smooth by the worm 
Oh, is that after? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Jeffrey... I mean, they power up... The, Never mind. They power up Sorry. the machine again, like, two more times. So, like, that... Your yeah. point still stands yeah. there. And then every time, yeah, she's still, <laughs> but, like, a dam- suddenly becomes a damsel in distress once they turn the machine back. It just felt like because they needed her to be a damsel in distress instead of just, you know, having the horror happen. Well, I mean, when your horror centers around uh, horny monsters from beyond... I guess that's what you do for your horror, is make the monsters horny. I mean, the monsters being horny is fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a problem with horny monsters, but the need for a rape scene. I could have gone without that. It's, I mean, it definitely it's, it emphasizes the disturbing element of the scene. Like, I think there is something especially disturbing about, like, a gross monster, like, growing its fingers and really nasty imagery. Nasty imagery. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those cases where I think I would argue for having maybe some of that stuff take place off camera. (laughs) I appreciate the like showing the monsters. And I I think it's I think it's okay that the monsters are like Pistorius is like a weird old pervert. Like he's he's hedonistic. He wants to he wants to experience this new these new sensations because the physical world is not enough. So like as motivation, that's fine. But yeah, some of that I could, I could do without seeing it's, it's, or just recontextualized. It's a little sleazy. Uh, I much prefer later on when uh, the horror becomes very Jeffrey Combs centric, uh, when his pineal gland pops out of his head and it's like a little, it's like a little, uh, little anglerfish, little head, little head dick wiggling around. Becomes a brain alien, and he runs around the hospital sucking out people's brains through their eye holes. He's out here looking for brain. And Taking he's horny to a new level. Right. And he's sucking hard, if you know what I mean. Uh, all of that stuff I, I really liked. I, I was kind of not expecting it to go in that direction just because, like, the big monster scene before that feels so climactic. Like, I thought the movie was, was going to be, like, over after that point. Yeah. yeah. And then they go to the hospital. It's like, oh, now all of a sudden Jeffrey Combs becomes a, a, a brain zombie and... I thought that was really fun. Well, yeah, I like that whole we, sequence. We cut to Jeffrey Combs laying on the table, and the the psychiatrist is trying to use a tool to grab at the pineal gland, and it's like moving in his head. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you guys, but I thought he was dead in that sequence, and the pineal gland was just moving on its own. Oh yeah, I didn't know whether he was alive or dead, but I did. I figured was- like because the nurse's reaction to it wasn't outright horror that she was just kind of fiddling with it. Like yeah, that was kind of weird. That like if if he had been dead and that had been moving around, like she probably would have like screamed or something. Also, but- that doctor, Doctor Block, uh, I think is her her character's name. Such like, a nurse ratchet looking character. She, she has this like tension with Barbara Crampton because they like come from different like medical perspectives and you know she thinks that Barbara Crampton is like using uh schizophrenic patients for her like experiments and Barbara Crampton thinks that like Dr. Block is just imprisoning schizophrenics and I did think it was kind of weird how 
after being like, you just use these people for your experiments, you girl wonder, doctor, or whatever, when they take Barbara Crampton back to the hospital later, she's like, yeah, now I'm gonna do electroshock therapy on you. And it just becomes like all of these doctors being way too randy about essentially torturing Barbara Crampton. It's like, you're the one who's accusing her of using people for, like, experiments. Yeah, well, we uh, we don't get actual electroshock, but they set it up, and the guy getting ready to, you know, click the, 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 the plunger to start it is way too into it. Yeah, he's like... He's- He's, like, smiling, and he, like, holds the plunger, like, over her face so she can, like, see when he presses the button. And then one of the other doctors comes in and is like, hey, we need you. Come quick. He's like, he's like, hey, what, 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 but what about her? <laughs> it's like, he was way, way too excited to administer electroshock therapy to somebody that he assumes is like mentally ill <laughs> yeah well it, it probably does this all the time yeah. <laughs> um, hospital well the funniest part about that as well is later on we see jeffrey combs go into uh the pathology room and there's just a bunch of brains and buckets. So it's assumed that, like, they still test people's brains. I, yeah, I guess, like, if a, patient, I guess if a patient dies... After then... they they lobotomize them or, or what yeah <laughs> i mean it was it was great to see jeffrey combs in there with his big uh marvin the martian head or no not marvin the martian uh who's the one in the flintstones um the alien and the flintstones yeah that one the little green guy who comes from the future i'm i'm sorry i'm not trying to make you feel like you're crazy I, I'm, I'm not crazy I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> but i have no memory of this <laughs> The Great Gazoo. This guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. the Great Gazoo. Okay. Yeah, so. I'm back on board. I'm back on board. uh, Jeffrey Combs walking around with his Great Gazoo head, uh, just (laughs) eating brains out of buckets and then uh, sucking Nurse Block's brain out of her eye hole. That was pretty fun. That was a fun sequence. Really knocked her off uh, her block. I I really love the sequence after that where. Uh, we see Barbara Crampton escape and drive away in a van, you know, but then we see Jeffrey Combs outside, you know, hiding and sneaking about and like yelling at Barbara Crampton as she's driving away. But uh, an ambulance pulls in. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, they have this like vagrant on like a like a gurney. Uh, Jeffrey Combs just like hitman's his way over and <laughs> yeah. like, silently takes out one of the doctors all while this uh this homeless vagrant is just like screaming <laughs> well what's so funny about that too is like when the other paramedic comes over and just like sees this homeless man strapped to the gurney and the other paramedic is nowhere in sight and he's just like screaming about the man with the snake coming out of his head and she's walking around she's like clyde where are you clyde or whatever the fuck his name is right and then looks down at him is like oh there you are yeah, he's like, <laughs> we just see that he's actually just in very plain sight like With blood leaned, all over him leaned uh, up against the building and just no clyde, reaction to it. <laughs> what are you I, I don't have time for this clyde <laughs> 
<laughs> that's a really great scene. Yeah. I love I love those little elements of like slapstick nonsense. Well, and she gets eaten too. Oh and yeah. So the vagrant is just left outside to scream about the man with the snake in his head. Right. Jeffrey Combs leaves him alone. Yeah, steals the ambulance and goes back to the house. One thing we we skipped over a little bit is I do want to unpack a little bit more of Ken Foray's character and his unfortunate demise. Oh, yeah. Uh, He gets eaten by a a swarm of chocolate chips. Look like it. I couldn't tell what that was. Gooseberries. <laughs> I feel like they were supposed to be insects of some kind, but they didn't look like it. It literally just looked like you know. You know, look like it looked like uh, you know, like the the different play doh toys where you can like put play doh through it and it makes different little things like spaghetti noodles or little dots or yeah. whatever. It looked like the little dots, and they were just throwing little play doh dots at them. Yeah, but just like thousands of them, just yeah. throwing them at Ken Forey. Well, it's funny because you you were mentioning earlier that you saw. Barbara Crampton is like the the person you're supposed to sympathize with or relate to. Oh, I, I see it as Ken Ford. No, I yeah, like, I th- we were saying that you can't sympathize. Yeah, with yeah, her. you no. really can't. No, because Ken Ford is like right from the beginning. She goes, "Yeah, let's turn it on." Only base baseline voice of reason in the movie, you yes. know, and the only non-rapey guy in the movie. Also true. Because, like, when she's in the midst of her horny madness and dresses up in that BDSM outfit, like, she tries to seduce him, and he, like, he's the one who, like, turns her to the mirror, and he's like, look at yourself! Look at what you've become! <laughs> it's is a this delightfully who, cliche. Is this who you, is this who you are? Well, it's like, good guy Ken Ford. <laughs> <laughs> right before that sequence, uh, Barbara Crampton is, like, giving an unconscious Jeffrey Combs a hand job. Yeah, that's true. That yeah. was very rapey. That, yeah, <laughs> he was asleep. Yeah, very he was asleep rapey. and non-consenting. It's yeah. true. Yeah, that's also problematic. Damn. So Ken Forey is the only non-rapey character in this whole movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, we see Jeffrey Combs like ogling uh, Barbara Crampton early on in the movie when she's While asleep she's at sleeping. the desk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was weird. It's funny how she she fell asleep immediately after eating like what, what looked was like that? what was that the real mystery uh, yeah I don't know what that was the Weird. truly eldritch <laughs> nightmare <laughs> yeah Ken Foray makes this food but he it, it's like in a big pot and he pulls like five what looked like either like sweet potato pies or dumplings they're like they're just like big white masses like it looks like chicken and dumplings they almost look like biscuits but there's more to them than that yeah, they're they like look, fluffy on top. They look like biscuits, but like proteiny but on the also, bottom. But also, kind of like. But they came col- out of a. They, they came like out of like a steaming cauliflower. pot. Yeah, they look like heads of cauliflower too. Yeah, he like ladles them out, and it's like there's this whole scene of like him carrying it over from the stove to the table, showing the camera, ladling one onto one plate, ladling one onto another plate, ladling all three onto his own plate, then like sniffing the pot and going like. Ah, 
and then it cuts, and we never know what these things are. What are these people eating? What did Ken Forey <laughs> there, cook? There's no reference to them afterwards, except for one shot where, like, half of one is on Barbara Crampton's plate. I, I don't know. Like, It feels like a scene was missing there. I mean, there's definitely information missing that I would like to have. <laughs> Like, like what is the strange food yeah like give it to jeffrey combs and he can be like what is this and then ken forey can be like oh it's uh uh pot biscuits biscuits from a pot <laughs> the world's worst muffins <laughs> yeah i don't know like i just i just want an answer for what they were eating what is that mysterious thing that ken forey was making for dinner We'll never know. We'll never know. We will die without knowing. The, the Stuart Gordon's dead. He just died. We can't call him and ask him. The cooking in this movie is just something else. Like, a scene later, we get Barbara Crampton making eggs and just botching it horribly. Oh, she biffed, she biffed cracking that egg so bad. It's like... <laughs> All white, and then at the very end, the yolk just slews in it. She's going for, like, sunny side eggs, too. Like, it's just, it's rough, Fucked man. it up. Yeah. Yeah, man, there, hate to see it. there were, uh, there were definitely a couple times in this movie where I was like, you couldn't you have just gotten another take? <laughs> like... <laughs> Just going back to the special effects, I love the shot of uh, Perniculus or whatever, Copernicus or whatever. Pa the Pastorius. Pastorius um, uh, uh, first appearing uh, from beyond, uh, where his face is like butterfly lit and you can't see oh, like, the yeah. center of his yeah, face. Yeah, that's it's awesome. Just, like, the center of his head is it's, like a dark void. Looks awesome. And then they use a third light source to finally light yeah. it. That's like red instead of pink. Oops, sorry. That's no, red instead of pink. And I just... I love that scene. He's just like slimy, and uh, like Jeffrey Combs is like, "You are dead." He's like, "You can touch me if it'll make you feel better." If it please, if it you. please you. And Jeffrey Combs goes up and like puts a hand on his shoulder, and you see like just goes into the, it. the finger imprints, like he's touching like wet play doh. It's really nasty. Uh, the textures of things in this movie are fantastic. Oh, they're great. Um, All the gooey, like the the stairs when they start like overrunning with. The goo and the tentacles. Going oh yeah, up. just like all of and the, the house sort of becomes like alive and, with flesh. And like when in that same scene when Pastorius's head like dissolves, and then there's just like spraying goo from his neck hole, and then like the big monster arms come up out of his neck. Oh yeah, that and, shit was dope. Yeah, and then finally when uh, Combs like comes up through his his neck. Oh, and then at, back the again, at the, at the, the very in the, end in the grand finale, like I. Like how like he keeps just trying to like burst out of him because he also enters the beyond so we can hold a uh, Pastorius back and how their violent fighting almost becomes like like homoerotic like fucking like at the end they're is like really bursting awful. in and out of the same like body it's like yeah. a puddle of flesh yeah you know at a point yeah. it's very society yes uh, which uh, is funny because it's probably the same team that did that uh, that film yeah um I, I love 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 the body horror and I feel like they they took a lot of the elements of like movies like The Fly, very yeah. Cronenberg stuff, and really 
a little cheaper than the yeah, five, but yeah, yeah it's way it, cheaper. Uh, but like the 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 FX team absolutely is excellent on all of this series of movies banger after banger. well like like you mentioned too uh with ken foray's death like he gets eaten by the chocolate chips or blueberries or whatever uh and there's just like the shot of like his body and like from the neck up he's still there but from the neck down he's just like ribbons of flesh and bone and uh and football jersey yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Man, that's pour one out. That's one field goal he couldn't make. <laughs> Call that a first down. <laughs> <laughs> Call that a turnover. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think that overall, like, the effects, the practical effects are really strong. Uh, I think there's a couple of times where they could have used a teeny bit more restraint to make them not feel quite so cheap. You mentioned it earlier, Cleveland, like, when the Pastorius monster becomes, like, the big bat thing and, yeah. like, flies down the stairs and hits Jeffrey Combs. The it. The big, the, the big, the, the, the it, big yeah. monster. The, the one that they've been playing the pronoun game with all along. Yeah, that it's only like a couple of shots, but gives me almost shades of like rock and roll nightmare, yes. like the end fight with like the big puppet and the rubbery arms. At least, at least these these puppets are damp. But some of yeah. it gave me like Harryhausen vibes, like those goofy claymation. Oh yeah, but Harry Harryhausens are so much better. Though. <laughs> I'll die! I'll die for Harry Harryhausen! Don't you dare come at my boy! Don't you dare, Ben! I mean, I think it looks similar. No, they don't. They look way better. Harry Rehausen's look way better. It's uh, regardless, <laughs> regardless, it's charming. It, it is charming. It doesn't hurt, it is it very doesn't hurt the film at all. Y'all, y'all are about ready to rate. Oh yeah, I'll kind of roll my my last score. thoughts into a rating. Or um, anything to say about the score? It's fun. It's fine. Love tinkly yeah. piano stuff. Reminds me know? of Reanimator. Probably the same composer. Honestly, I didn't something yeah. band checked. Uh, oh yeah, it was the music Richard was by band? one of the was by yeah, one of the band one of brothers. The band brothers, because fucking uh, uh, you're right. I forgot about that. This was or kind of the, the Glenn movie brothers. that put Full Moon on the map in a lot of respects. Yeah, it really was. Uh, Charles Band, of course, the mastermind behind Full Moon, who made hits like Ginger Dead Man and yeah. Evil Bong and Evil uh, Bong is Ginger great. Dead Man 2 and uh, Puppet Master, of course. Yeah, that's right. This was one of the really early Full Moon ones. Um, but yeah, one of uh, Charles Band's brothers, I guess, did the score for this. And it's, it was good. It was I, good I liked score, it. Yeah. A lot of dissonant tones and. But same kind of, like, it definitely, I would be curious to see if Richard Band also did the score for Reanimator. I don't think he did, now that I think about it. But it does kind of give me the the same kind of, uh, uh, like, lively, mad scientist-y kind of vibes. You know? Uh, yeah. But, yeah. It's like, a duel of fates. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. I did. I did just rewatch that recently, but no, it wasn't. I promise. Mad scientist vibes. When you think about it, John Williams is a mad scientist of the Star Wars franchise. <laughs> oh man! Now I'm just imagining uh, Ken Forey running around in a speedo to duel with the face. <laughs> 
Um, You're breaking my heart. <laughs> anyway, like I, I think that like the low budget uh, aspects of this movie uh, make it more charming and fun. The the effects are overall still really good. Uh, you know, minus the weird compositing with the little eel monsters and you know some rubbery looking props. Maybe that's fun. Overall, like I think it just adds it just adds to to the the charm of the film. The stuff that has genuinely aged not so well is uh, is it's the rapey stuff. Yeah. Um, it's it's a little more than I would like to see. Um, <laughs> just in general, even for a movie about horny monsters. But overall, it's great. Like I I fucking love this this dream team of low budget Lovecraft camp. Um, Jeffrey Combs will always be one of my favorite actors, uh, especially for uh, B-movie stuff like this. Um, I'm going to give this a four out of five, I think. I really enjoyed it. It's not quite the same level as Reanimator, but it's. I think it makes a damn fine double feature. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. I think this is a perfect sister film in a lot of respects to Reanimator. I really enjoyed this movie. I thought I had a ton of fun. I love the camp, and I love while there's a little less tongue in cheek in this movie, it has a lot of elements of humor sprinkled in in more subtle ways in some respects. Um, but I love the creature effects. I love the goofiness. I love you know six 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 benevolent street. Yeah, Jesus and, Christ, uh, so subtle. Know, uh, Pretorius, even that's a that's a Frankenstein reference because uh, the doctor that convinces Frankenstein to do his experiments is Pretorius, Doctor Pretorius. Oh, is he really? Yeah. I thought it, I thought Pretorius was a character in the From Beyond short story. I it might be back. as well. I have to go back and double check um, that. But I, I Lovecraft just, has some weird names in his stuff. Yes, so uh, I just assumed. Um, but the the score is fun. Uh, the effects are fun. You know, it does show its budget and its age at times, but I don't mind that. I will give this a 4 out of 5 as well. Uh, Yeah, ditto that. Would have given this a 5 if it wasn't for the poorly aged. <sighs> you know, like kind of unnecessary forced, you know, sequences. Uh, if it uh, wasn't for that, uh, yeah, uh, 5 out of 5. But no, it's, it's going to be 4 for me as well. Cool. Well, that's a unanimous four out of five pods for From Beyond, and we pay respects to the real one, Stuart Gordon. Rest in peace. Gone, but never forgotten, and hopefully never reanimated. Next week, it's come back around to your choice, Cleveland. That's right. With all of these uh, new movies getting postponed, we're really just getting to cycle through everybody's shit really fast. Yeah, um, we're going through all the bangers. So speaking of bangers, we're, Cleveland, we're uh, blasting back to the past. This time, not not anywhere near as far as we have been lately. Um, we're gonna watch just an old favorite of mine uh, that I've been overdue for a rewatch of, and uh, also uh, it is somewhat relevant to the the current uh wacky times that we're experiencing I mean, wacky is probably not the best way to describe a, a, a global <laughs> pandemic uh maybe i should rephrase but uh, <laughs> um, you know the wacky times oh, yeah. of covid19 <laughs> thousands are dying it's pretty wacky uh yeah no uh apologies no um these these troublesome 
Uh, it's virus related. It's virus related. <laughs> there, I did it. I did it Christ. for you. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to watch a virus related movie, and that film is Blade Two. Viruses for vampires. Yeah, let's let's get another Del Toro movie out there, and uh, yeah, it's time. Wesley Snipes, Ron Perlman. You really can't go wrong. I I haven't seen Blade Two in forever, but I love Del Toro, and this is definitely my favorite Blade movie. Uh, and it does have some pretty from memory some pretty fucking cool creature effects it, this is uh again it it has been well over a decade since i've seen this film but with my loose memory holding like it's still probably one of my favorite superhero movies in general uh i would probably agree with that uh, yeah. yeah like so hopefully it holds up as well as uh i'm i'm well, really banking on i know it, for on sure it. some stuff hasn't aged super well, <laughs> well hopefully like the those things department. haven't aged well in a fun way like that's just where i've got my fingers crossed at least yeah i'm uh, excited to rewatch it i have rewatched the original blade a few times but it's been a while since i've seen blade 2 um, I remember enjoying it when I saw it, but it's been such a long time that I'm interested to see it's been how minute. it holds up. But Wesley Snipes is the fucking man. Oh, and yeah. So is Del Toro. And so. Ron Perlman. And Ron Perlman. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Tune back next week for uh, a, a dose of Blade 2, some vampire virus stuff. Um, Cleveland, do we have a sponsor this week from we, beyond we, the sponsor shelf? Um, uh, not even beyond the sponsor shelf, just from it. Ah. Guys, I've got too much goo. Do you have but the goo? I have so much goo. It's been building up for weeks. Yeah. I'm, re- I'm about ready to bust all of that goo. Well, <laughs> bust no more. Or do with uh, with uh, Flanksel Bonk uh, brought to you from uh, uh, Clairvoyant, the the pharmaceutical company. Uh, ask your doctor about uh, whatever I just said and uh, get it and get your goo uh, off your shoe. Well, Cleveland, pharmaceuticals often have a pretty long list of side effects. Yes, they do. So I'm glad what you are, asked. What are some of the side effects of Flanks, Flanksalbonk? Flanksalbonk? Uh, that, that is the, the sponsor. Uh, thank you. Um, uh, side effects of Flanks, Flanksalbonk uh, may, may include or may not include uh, a, a, a return to uh, that which came to you, uh, uh, the, the foreboding thought that creeps upon you only in the dark hours of the night. Uh, sometimes uh, that, that distant feeling of music that could also be associated with a, a weird smell. Uh, and uh, lastly, um, uh, itchy, uh, itchy wrists. If you have these things, uh, talk to your doctor about taking more Flanxelbonk, because you can never take enough. Thanks, Flanxelbonk. Now I don't have to bust into the void. Or do. Or do. It's it's kind of vague, uh, whether it helps the goo come to you or away. I, I don't... Or if it helps you come the goo. Yeah, become the goo. Uh, blow it everywhere. Do whatever you want with the goo. It's your choice. It is your body and your choice. Take flying so 
Well, that should bring us. It it, it should bring us You're to the really end. Ought to, I really ought to bring us out of to here. the end of this incredibly horny episode. Uh, we've been inside for too long. Uh, oh yeah. Other things. Um, yeah, so <laughs> yes. I, one thing I want to mention before we end is obviously coronavirus is ravishing the future of movie releases. It is ravaging among other, them. Uh, among other we, things. We predicted 20 movies at the beginning of the year and five have come out and the rest of them probably won't come out for the rest of the year. Um, but with that said, we do know who won the, the, the challenge. I don't know if we want to say it now or keep it unknown until, uh, well, at least you make least, our picks, but at least who won the, uh, the, the halfway mark. Um, yes. Well, of course. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe things will get back to normal by the end of the year. <laughs> uh i think what a time capsule uh, this moment will be i think let's let's hold off on that for okay. now let's keep let's keep the audience in suspense um we've got some exciting stuff coming up we're drawing nearer to our hundredth episode and we're we've got something very special planned for that and probably uh, not too long after, we'll be gearing up for the mid-year catch-up. So that's going to be fun. All fun things happening soon as we try to make light of a situation. Yep. <laughs> a wacky situation. A wacky situation. No, 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 it's a a real, Cleveland. A real, no, a real wacky no, it's a situation. serious thing. Wash your hands. Be safe. <laughs> People are dying. Um... Yeah, uh, uh, okay, um, before we sign off, the normal stuff, if you like the podcast, go rate it five stars and leave a nice review, uh, follow us on Twitter at podpeoplepod, and on letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod, uh, that's where we've got a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those episodes, and you can check out some lists and stuff, like our golden pods are perfect uh scored films we have some of them we do have some of those uh we just added cabin fever to that list last week spoilers now they'll die, now they have no reason to watch the episode at well, all I, that's the only reason people watch these episodes do they watch these episodes they do they watch this audio medium with their eye well yeah i mean yeah you have to like you know like you you're the only way to to take in pod people is to enter like a transient state. Well, yeah, you have to like, you have to watch images from the void. If, you if have you're to watch us just, with your pineal wait, gland, like wait, are, are there people who are just listening to the podcast? Well, Weird. if they if they are, then Weird. we're getting away because you have to look at us to make sure that we don't escape. Yep. Um, speaking of escaping, uh, follow me on Twitter at Deep State Ozzy. I'm on Twitter at Mister Sheets. And I'm occasionally tweeting for Light Arc Studio as we continue to push out our next game, It Stares Back, in early access on Steam. Go check it out. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty spooky. It sure is. Everybody who's stuck at home, you need stuff to do, so consider... Hey, play It Stares Back. 
consider picking up our game. It's only six bucks right now, and if you get it now, all of the future uh, content, which of which there will be a lot, mm-hmm. uh, will be we're cooking it right up. Will be free. Um, and also consider maybe joining our Discord, our LightArc Studio Discord, uh, which is uh, accessible through our website, LightArcStudio.com. If you need to feel closer to some people in this time of social distancing, stop into our Discord and say hi. Yeah, pop on by. Um, We'd love to see you. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, do you want to plug your art station? Uh, yeah, uh, also check out my art station and all my beautiful paintings and doodles. Uh, search Cleveland Mosier. You art taking station. commissions still? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, during these corona times, I, uh, I'd i like to stop the rhymes and just, just paint and do art and pay rent. You know, that, that'd be neat. That'd be cool. So for all your artsy needs, hit up this cleave. For artsy deeds. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Cool. <laughs> I want to stop rhyming. That was what I was trying to say. Why can't I stop? Oh, God. My name is Cleveland. I'm here, here to, to say, say I need the rhymes to go away. <laughs> Help me. Ah. We over here rhyming and busting. Good night, ah. everybody. Ah.